Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We are coming at you live from Alan's flat. We've got Alan Jacobs and the cat sitting on the table helping us out with the pod and to my right i've got matt how are you bud good mate uh you know scotland team out today i'm, I'm gonna be at the game I'm, I'm excited pumped about it and alan just doing some last minute research for the quiz how are you doing good big old quiz coming don't you worry what's the what's the vibe of the quiz give us an, a bit of early insight so scottish centers a bleak past <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> a very very bleak past in some dark times absolutely well uh, we look forward to that <coughs> thanks again for joining us uh, guys um, probably on Acast or Apple or wherever you're getting your podcasts we really do not care um, chatting to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod and sliding right on in to that mailbag the Thistle Rugby at gmail.com Come. So, lots to talk about today. Obviously, the squad announcement for the Scotland-Wales game and lots of great talking points in that. We'll get to that in a wee bit. But as we do every week, let's run down the news of what's been going on in Scottish rugby. Um, news out of Edinburgh rugby yesterday. Um, young hooker Cammy Fenton has re-signed for Edinburgh. We haven't seen huge amounts of him, but a decent bit of business, Matt. Yeah, you're right. He's always looked pretty good when he's played, to be fair. Um, and he may be expected to get a bit more game time um, ahead of the likes of David Cherry, who's probably pay, played you know above expectations. But probably with Ross Ford coming to the end of his contract as well soonish, um, you know he's a good good young player to have kept in the books. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of good young players, but not one kept on the books. Scotland under twenty cap um, Rory Hutchison this week um, has been named as the English Premiership. Player of the month, been in absolutely sparkling form for the Northampton Saints. Alan, is he the sort of guy that we should hope to see in a Scotland shirt um, being tested out ahead of the World Cup? Well, it reminds me of myself, if I'm honest. Does he? Yeah. As a young, sort of dynamic outside centre. 
Dynamic. <laughs> you, had good, you had good skills, but you're never dynamic. I'm oh. not sure you were ever that thin. I don't believe it. I've been obese for years. <laughs> uh, very much more... I'm trying to think what I... Almost more of an Andy Good probably than yeah, a, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Dewey. Andy Good Rob, one out. Rob Dewey's probably actually the the, the most apt. Um, he's sort of you know I think he's had to sort of bide his time in that Northampton squad, and he's obviously played a few sort of the Premiership Cup games at the start of the season. But I think this international break specifically, he's really sort of burst through, and especially as the Saints are playing pretty well. I know they yeah, lost to well Saracens at the weekend. Great coach and Chris Boyd down there as well. So it's a good person for him to be learning from. And increasingly outside centre is looking like a position that we need some depth. Absolutely, yeah. So It is. Well, I guess we can skip forward a little bit on the news and talk about Scotland's reigning outside centre and his um, seemingly endless holidays. I know. In Barbados this week. Mate, he's on rehab in Barbados. I reckon yeah. it was quite funny to see his Instagram post after a couple of days of him very smugly being in um, Barbados, there was one sort of out the blue saying, oh, obviously very upset to have picked up an injury. <laughs> Grateful for the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> That's come straight from, I reckon, Dodson's office. They're like, you, you need to stop. Yeah. You need to stop <laughs> enjoying not playing for Scotland so much. Oh, no. Her Barbados has got world-class rehab facilities, to be fair. So. And Hugh Jones looks like he was having a great time with a nice little sort of Oh, it was like a little bottle of vodka just sort of chilling next to the pool. I, was, I couldn't see. Was that what it was? Yeah. Got to be careful about that. Mate, Wild vodka, vodka, <laughs> vodka helps the rehab, mate. Let the band play. I believe it. I believe it. Well, he is enjoying his uh, holiday. Um, other news this week. Scotland Sevens lifted the Challenge Trophy at the Las Vegas Sevens last weekend. That is the second tier of the sort of tournament within the Sevens, but they seem to be going pretty well this year. Yeah, do, do you okay? I think they would be disappointed to not be in the main cup competition. Um, I think probably the highlights for them from that tournament was uh, Max McFarlane's two two tries Looks from sort of like rapido. 80, 90 meters. And I kind of thought that he wasn't maybe up to the standard of the likes of a sort of Jimmy Farndale or something, but yeah. he seems to have been coming on to a really good game this year. So that's, that's pretty encouraging. No, I think because obviously they've got they've done pretty well to get through the group stages and have just kept failing at the quarterfinals. And whilst obviously it's disappointing to have not come and sort of the top two of your group, there's also something quite nice about winning silverware, even if it is yeah. like... It's presumably not worth as many points, though. It's not worth as many no. points. Yeah. And they did beat Chile and Spain en route. Yeah. They only, scraped, only just. scraped past Spain in the final, didn't they? And Chile in the semi. Yeah, I was wonder. I was looking at that flag on my phone, being like, I don't really know what country that is. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't expect them to be there. Would yeah, you? exactly. Do you see the news coming out of England today that a they're looking to potentially scrap their sevens program, yeah, and b potentially look at merging to create a Team GB? They've been talking about the Team GB sevens for a wee while, haven't they? Yeah. Not only do they get to obviously pool funding, but they all then also get access to Olympic funding, supposedly. Ah, uh, yes, they could go to UK. Also, so Wales obviously have financial difficulties at the moment. And the RFU. Well, yeah, no, exactly, yeah. on top of that. I wouldn't be surprised if Wales were keen Mark well. Dodson just sitting on a pile of cash being like, right, lads? <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't understand how you can run the RFU into I, the ground. I was thinking the exact same thing today. Like, I was like, obviously the cost base is higher, but you generate the most revenues out of any rugby union in the world. Yeah. And... You're getting like huge crowds. So what seems to be a commercially successful like 
venture that's getting a lot of sponsorship. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Okay, it's completely... Ma- I guess... I mean, they do play pay players 25 grand a game. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pretty savage weight. But, yeah. And then... But, yeah. So, maybe... I mean, I... I, I guess Scotland and England use the sevens for quite different reasons. That England team is... They're all now very specifically sevens yeah, players. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It's very rare for someone to come through and... No. Absolutely. It's unheard of to get a cap these days. Whereas with Scotland, with the shallower player pool, it, yeah. it could happen. Yeah, and it's been relatively successful. Mm-hmm. It has been. Especially now you see Darcy Graham, which we'll talk about later, starting for Scotland, basically yeah. a year out from playing sevens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's quite a nice option for Scotland, I suppose. It's another place to keep players playing regularly. Well, if you do have a, another pro team, then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of the pro teams, there was a piece in the Sunday Times last weekend, and subsequent sort of chatter about Aaron Cruden, um, All Blacks World Cup winner, potentially coming to Glasgow because he's got a very good relationship with Dave Rennie. What did you guys make of that? Do you think there's anything behind it? And also, do you actually think that's what Glasgow should be spending their money on? I think the rumours got chucked out when Dave Rennie was first coming to Glasgow yeah, as well. I, I, I don't know whether it is genuinely because you know he's probably one of the most high-profile players that would have played under Rennie. Um, for the Chiefs. So I don't know how much truth there is. In terms of him being a useful signing, I, I'm not 100% sure. He's sort of coming towards the tail end of his career. Got Hastings, got Thompson. I'd rather, and he'd be expensive. So I'd, I would much yeah. rather spend the money somewhere else, like reinforcing that pack. Yeah, unless they're going for, you know, we want to have a, a really a team that is going to challenge next year. Like, And Hastings is going to be out on Scotland duty much, much more these days. And maybe Cruden comes in and he can offer that like massive step up, I suppose, and bring through a player like Hastings. I could see it making sense if it was a one-year deal. Mm. It feels like for anything more than that, it sort of makes Hastings' progression um, look a little bit cloudy. And I think, but I think for Montpellier, I think they're more than happy to get him. They want him. Off well, the that's loops. true. Yeah, they do. And if you can leverage that relationship. Well, they're yeah. going to bin Cotter as well. It looks like it. They're going to clear. If he doesn't leave first. Yeah. I, I also saw, speaking of Rennie, that um, he is in the frame to replace Michael Checker at Australia at some point. Interesting. Yeah. It would be on a short list because obviously Johnson knows him and, and like uh, Scott Johnson is now the performance director there. Scott Johnson, the kingmaker. I know. Does what he wants. An amazing career for Scott Johnson. <laughs> so, so, like, would there be... Could you have like a non-compete agreement in in place for like poaching talent? I don't know. Maybe that doesn't exist. I mean, I've literally just never heard of that in sport. So yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. So something I want to happen. Yeah. Um, something we picked up on the rumor mill this week concerning Edinburgh's big signing of Bill Matter a couple of weeks ago. Word reached Thistle Towers that Edinburgh were considering and even got to the stage of having conversations with representatives of either cancelling or sort of working down John Barkley's contract in order to bring Big Bill in. I mean, pretty massive move considering he's the was at one stage a Scotland captain and a marquee signing. But do you think it's indicative of just how far Edinburgh have come with not only Mata but with Richie and stuff coming through that maybe Barkley was a little bit surplus? I think considering Barkley has had that injury that's kept him out for so long, yeah. then it potentially becomes a consideration. I wonder if it's sort of there were chats about maybe having a I don't know pay as you play type contract, you know, as he sort of winds down towards the World Cup because he's you know he's not yeah. going to have that many years left in him, and 
maybe he sort of seem, sees that as a, I think that that could be an option. Rationally, I completely understand why, for Edinburgh, you would make that decision because Bill Matter. Or you'd at least look at it, which is all we really know is that they had a wee look at it. But I, I find it strange that in a World Cup year where I'm assuming Barkley is still a starter for Scotland, potentially captain for Scotland mm. at the World yeah. Cup, it feels like a strange conversation to be having. Well, I wonder if Cockrell might have been driving that because he, you know, know, you know what he's like, and he'd sort of think, well, I don't care about yeah. the Scotland team in yeah, the World maybe. Cup. I want, I think that the money is best spent on Bill Mata, and we have spent a lot of money on Barkley, and we've seen absolutely nothing in return so far. Yeah. No. Well, that's an interesting one, one that we heard. Um, so we will see. I don't think we'll hear any more about that, but we thought we'd chuck <laughs> that little pebble out there for discussion. I guess um, it means that probably Edinburgh have less cash to play with this summer, though, if, yeah. they, if they haven't well, got that off the Rumours they've gone 350 a year for Mata. Yeah. Hmm. Which is a decent chunk of wedge. Yeah. But so, what do you think? Bar- Barclay will be on something pretty hefty up there as well. I imagine he's on less Just than under. that. Yeah. But with obviously Scotland's cap and top ups. Yeah, and I imagine, you know, commercially for him being in Scotland, there's a lot more opportunity to kind of sign sponsorship well, deals yeah. than yeah, there was yeah, yeah, yeah. Chile yeah. England Italy. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's go over to Matt. Give us some tenants premiership, Matt. Yeah, so this was actually the last ever round of the tenants Scottish premiership before we go into the Super Six. Um, and the playoffs. So, um, Watsonians uh, beat Air 22-12. Come on, Watsonians. To be fair, Air played an experimental team because they knew they had a home semi-final. They knew they had to mix it up to beat Watsonians, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pretty young team. Um, Barmuir beat Melrose at home, uh, finishing the season well before they go into the Super 6. Melrose will be disappointed in that, but a few of their sort of core players coming back for the playoffs. Hawks ended the season um, with a 12-30 defeat to Sterling um, at home. Uh, pretty difficult season for Hawks, and seems to be rumours that won't go away about them potentially folding at the end of the season, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Harriet secured a home semi by beating Hoyk away 29-5, um, a late bonus point securing that. And Curry beat Aki's 19-5 at Millennium Park, but failed to secure the bonus point, um, so they will have and away semi-final against Harriers. So those are the semis confirmed uh, on 23rd of March, Air against Melrose at Milbrae, and Harriers against Curry at Goldie. A lot of real gr- grim games this weekend. They didn't look that much fun to play in. Yeah. I mean, Hoik never looks fun to play in. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like a microclimate around Mansfield Park. Ter- of terrible. Yeah. But that's why they're quite good. Yeah. That's <laughs> People go do. down there and go, oh. That I'm twice shipped 50 at Mansfield Park. It's the bleak. worst place to play. <laughs> very, very bleak. Well, thank you very much for that, Matt. Um, right, before we get into Scotland-Wales, we are going to get there eventually, I promise. Let's um, very quickly talk about the pro games last weekend. Let's start with the good, then move on to the very, very bad. Glasgow absolutely um, horsed Zebra, get it? Um, and beat them <laughs> what? by... It's a type of horse, isn't it? Kind of. Maybe. Yeah. I some people might laugh at that. I reckon there's some laughs out there. Possibly. I reckon people have paused. 
They've had a laugh, now they're back. <laughs> it was Glasgow 42, uh, Zebra 10, um, which, you know, away from home in Italy, that's a pretty decent result. Glasgow have done very, very well during this um, international break. I mean, essentially, they, they absolutely rinsed them in the first half. Yeah. Both mm. in attack and defence, yeah. and then just completely they were like, we are going to cruise yeah. through this second yeah. half. After the no, match, Dave no Rennie was like, I'm really, really disappointed by the second half. <laughs> But again, a lot of like young players, you know, l- not looking well, dominating their opposite man, especially mm. in the backs. Yeah. So, I really I think... liked um, Stafford McDowell's try when he peeled off the line out for some reason. Yes, I've never seen that. Ha- I've never seen that happen. I'm back. Before. Normally, it's number eight. You expect to see like George Turner doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't they like you really are the impressive. most destructive ball carrier uh, in yeah. this team? And maybe it's a bit. It's just a bit different. It's like unexpected, I suppose, if you're the defender. I think the ref did slightly get in the way, to be fair. But yeah. then he absolutely powered through that tackler. Could could be the biggest Glasgow backline that's possibly been fielded. Stafford McDowell, Stain, Robbie Nairn, Rosa Hughes. Yep. Those lads are all like six foot three, four. Interestingly enough, I saw um, Scottish Robbie posted a little video of them training in prep for Wales today yeah, yeah, at yeah. the Orium. And I'm pretty sure Kyle Stain was training with the squad. Really? Yeah, I meant to tell you earlier. I forgot. Well, it's good to do, get my yeah, live exactly. reaction. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I know that was quite genuine. That, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I'll tell you who's you know, Rue Jackson's had a tough start to the season. He knows contract negotiations are coming up. Oh yeah, and he's just stepping up that form enough. He's like hogs away. Yeah. Your old man Ruse here. He's quite. He's val. He's valuable in his own oh, way. Yeah. There's a one-year deal, 100% getting done. And that was yeah. his 150th appearance, right? It was 150th and appearance. Crowned it with a try. Yeah. No, he was looking good. Mm. Good um, Very, very decent little spell from Glasgow, and they returned to the top of Pool A because Munster got beat, didn't they? Yeah, by the Scarlets. By the Scarlets. So Glasgow back on top, looking very good, but. It has been a very poor international break for Edinburgh. They went down 18-10 to Treviso away from home. Um, pretty controversial try that sealed it for um, for Benetton. It very much looked like Tom Brown had gotten back to cover that kick through, but it went up to the TMO for about five seconds, and he was yeah. like, it's all good, lads. <laughs> that is definitely a was try. He, was he Italian, TMO? Yeah. <laughs> absolute, absolute I thought you had to have neutral. Oh, no, you had to have neutral. Call in from Connor O'Shea. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. I need this man. He's like, we <laughs> yeah. absolutely need this. But sure. I suppose most importantly, that now leaves Edinburgh a little bit adrift in Conference B. Mm. They're fifth. They're fifth. Yeah, they're fifth. Behind Treviso, Ulster, Leinster, and a another who I can't remember. <laughs> I can't think off the top of my head. Scarlet. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pretty difficult road back now, and. I don't know. I wonder if they just start to concentrate in that quarterfinal against. I think it's just. Oh, no, they, they've still got a chance. They've still got but a chance, but it just tells you how shallow that Edinburgh squad is. I mean, yeah. losses. They've lost to the Kings away. Yeah. Cardiff at home when they threw away that lead. That massive and, lead. You know, Treviso away is a far harder game than it used to be, but it's still pretty disappointing. I think Edinburgh are going to be fifth. The yeah. running is. The Len- running's hard. The yeah. running is Leinster. Scarlet's away, Ulster, and then Glasgow. They got the toughest running of those four teams. Yeah, yeah. everyone's still assigned to play for them. Yeah, it's um, 
Yeah, the, these two. It's kind of been a weird one for both Edinburgh and Glasgow. They've almost had like opposite seasons, where obviously Glasgow came out the the blocks really quickly and then stuttered yeah, over yeah, Christmas, yeah. just as Edinburgh really peaked in terms of form. Yeah, and then through this international period. I do still think that whilst at the top line, Edinburgh and Glasgow are relatively probably similar, Glasgow just have so much more depth in that team during the international break. Mm. I think they do and they don't. But like, if, you, if I told you at the start of the season that you'd see a Glasgow centre partnership with Stafford McDowell and Stain, you know, yeah. you wouldn't think, oh, Glasgow have got loads of depth. You'd be thinking, yeah. fucking hell, what's going on? <laughs> How has that happened? I wonder if you've still got just kind of a, a bit of a spine of players like Swinson... And even Cummings, maybe who've like come through the setup, yeah, winning games, and they're like the they're, they're used they to winning Ferguson matches. Back as well, yeah, exactly. Whereas you know the senior guys at Edinburgh have only started really winning consistently yeah. in the last year and a half, and are used to to losing, so it's, it makes it more difficult for the younger guys coming through. That front five of Glasgow: Kevill, Turner, Ferguson, Swinson, Cummings. Yeah, it's really good. Like they could start for Glasgow yeah, in a Champions yeah. Cup game. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you wouldn't be that gutted yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. But yes, that that pack just I think is a that slight step above. And it's mainly yeah, because not right. many Glasgow players are being picked for the end, for the Scotland pack. Really, yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? Apart yeah. from Johnny Gray. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, looking Warriors looking good. Edinburgh, nay, looking good. No, Nay that's my summation. <laughs> well, let's move on to the meat and drink of the episode then. Scotland versus Wales at sold out BT Murrayfield this weekend. What's the, what number is this? Sold out number 12? Number 12. I don't know actually. Is that, is that true? You just made that up. I don't know. I'm just excited. <laughs> I just can't wait for all the Instagram posts. Yeah. So great to be back here at Sold Out BT Murrayfield. Boys did great. <laughs> yeah. Either Thanks to the fans. Thank, obviously, thanks to the fans at Sold Out BT Murrayfield. Nothing better than coming out at BT Murrayfield. <laughs> Wearing the thistle at Sold Out BT Murrayfield. <laughs> Dodson's literally walking around the change room after the game being yeah. like, where's your Instagram oh, post? Yeah, Thanking yeah. the fans. I need to see it you now. I need it. Absolutely need it. Um, so Gregor Townsend named his team at lunchtime today. I'll run you through it. Alan Dell, Stuart McNally, and Will and Nell in the front row. Second row, Grant Gilchrist and Johnny Gray. Back row, unchanged from France. Magnus Badbury, Jamie Ritchie, and Josh Strauss. Changes in the back line. Ali Price partners his bromance lover, Finn Russell, at 9 and 10. In the centre, Glasgow partners Pete Horn and Nick Gregg. And in the back three, starting debut for Darcy Graham, Tommy Seymour on the other wing, and Blair Kinghorn at fullback. Lads, let's start with the biggest talking point. Scotland captain Greg Laidlaw on the bench. Interception machine against Wales. Ali Price starting at nine. How do we feel about it? I mean, I, I, get, I get the rationale. I think that, you know, Laidlaw maybe hasn't been playing that well. And in particular, it's been the criticism of um, his delivery being too slow. So, you know, Ali Price has got at least the reputation for having a quicker pass and just being a bit, being able to speed up the game. So quick taps and everything. But I think, a Price hasn't actually been in that good form for the last like year and a half. He's not been starting nine for Glasgow this year. Exactly. <laughs> Since his disaster against Wales, yeah, um, he hasn't really recovered. So all come full circle for the Price. I know, and um, and then it. and then at the same time, like you. For all Laidlaw's faults, it seems to be that you write him off and then he comes and delivers like a really good performance where he shows those 
like the leadership skills and the, the game management. As soon as he's not there, you're like, ah, that is, <laughs> that's why. Exactly. 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 So I'm not mad about that selection. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not. I, I'm actually happy that Price is in the team. I think it's the right thing for this Scotland team. I I do think that Price should have been potentially brought in earlier in the tournament. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It, I know he's injured, but do you think George Horn would have been sort of knocking on the door? Is he at that level? It's a hard. I guess Price has got the international experience, mm. and I feel like Price is almost slowly sort of picking up a lot of those traits that Horn brings to the game. I mean, that try against France at the weekend is exactly the sort of line that Horn's been doing sort yeah. of se- all season. Totally. I think Price, yeah, Price can do it. Just you know, Horn has that reputation for it. Horn does yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it. a lot of it also rests on Russell. You know, Russell doesn't have Laidlaw there to sort of dictate and be, you know, Le Pete General or what do they call it in France? Yeah. That's it? Le yeah. Petit General. Le Petit General. Um, <laughs> but I think we're all, we all know Russell's got it in his locker. It's what he does for racing all the time. Yeah. And I think he really just needs to dominate and dictate this game. It also feels that that reigning in Finn is maybe one of like the sort of most like overrated cliches of Scottish rugby. Finn's not reined in by anybody. Yeah, if he gets right. front football, he doesn't. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. He's going to do something weird. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if it's coming from Price or Laidlaw or Horn. There's no reining in Finn, so he's going to do what he's going to so do. So you might as well just give him quick ball. So you might as well give him quick ball. <laughs> is where I've ended up there. But I mean, mm. quick ball being the operative thing though that makes this Townsend team work. Unchanged back row: Bradbury, Strauss, Ritchie. They didn't really manage to generate anything against France last weekend. Are you surprised that he's not brought back Hamish Watson to sort of add something different to that back row? To be fair, you know, Hamish Watson didn't particularly stand out against Treviso at the weekend. He actually had a relatively quiet game, which is, to be fair, you know, he's back from injury, so it's going to take him a little bit while to come back. I think he was also trying not to get injured again. Yeah, that is also (laughs) true. But I do think if if he... Starting that game and made, you know, like 50 metres with ball in hand, yeah, yeah. three turnovers, putting a couple of big hits, I think he gets straight into that starting team. Mm. Whereas, obviously, they kind of think he needs just a bit more time to kind of yeah. build up his fitness. England's next week as well. Yeah. So, And at the same time, you, you're giving Bradbury a bit of a chance to get back up to match fitness, which I don't think he was against France. And Watson is like a, an impact sub yeah, it's quite. It seems like quite a, a good idea, actually. Like coming on at fifty minutes or something. Yeah, I don't think Wales are going to be looking at that thinking, oh shit. I think it's harsh on Graham though. Well, that that's what I was thinking when I looked at that. Um, yeah. At the subs bench. But I don't know. I don't think they're gonna. They weren't gonna start Graham, were they? No. So I mean, because obviously there was initially a worry about Strauss because he did go off for his HIA. Yeah. At the weekend. Yeah. Has come back on hasn't really performed that that great a level for Scotland. No. And sale for this whole year. So I feel like he's got to be under He did okay against Ireland, I thought, to be fair. Yeah, I think he was good against Ireland. Defensively. But yeah, yeah, we just need to see that carrying, which is, you know, the main reason he's there. And hopefully Richie can sort of bounce back after one. He he, he was all right against France, but he wasn't hitting those levels that he was in the first two games of the championship. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was our... 
probably our best, at least back row in yeah. that match, if not our best forward. Well, he was no Alan Dell. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's been a lot. How? Where do you see this in like Townsend's most important games? There's been a bit of chat about this, mm. and it, to be fair, a lot of chat is can't can't work out whether it doesn't really mean anything or if actually where the Scotland team's been, how far we're out from World Cup. I think be- how, is this actually a really important game for the Scotland team? I think it is really important. I think that. I was saying to you guys earlier, this is where like Townsend can really prove that he is a world-class coach. Yeah. I think I hate to go, go back to Warren Gatlin again, but this is exactly the kind of match. You if, love Gatlin. If, if Gatlin was... <laughs> my brother's giving me loads of shit about the, my chat the other week. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But if Gatlin was in the situation of having injuries um, and being under pressure is just the kind of match where he would yeah. come up with something that would or, or be able to motivate his players in such a way that they win the match. Yeah. And if, if Townsend can do that, then suddenly, you know, even England looks a bit more interesting. And and the World Cup, you kind of think, right, okay, well I can, I can we're be, we're a bit more in a bit of a more favourable position. I can, I completely agree. I think it's massive. I think if we lose this the players are going to be heading down to Twickenham. No matter how big Scotland-England is, they're going to be low in confidence, heading to Twickenham against an England team that are pretty much on the rise, despite what happened to them against Wales. Mm. And also, Wales are third in the world at the moment. 11, 12 games unbeaten or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's almost could like be a mark- unlucky 13. Could be an unlucky 13, man. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Um, and I think it completely changes the atmosphere around the Six Nations if we can come out and we've not just beaten Italy. Oh, yeah. And if we beat Wales with, like, not a second string, but getting there, yeah, I just think that'll be huge mentally. It's enormous. And then if we do go down to Twickenham and lose, which, you know, I think the safe money probably is that it's going to be very difficult to break our 35-year hoodoo at Twickenham with yeah. all these injuries... But we've got we've bagged that win against Wales. That totally yeah. changes the atmosphere coming into the end mm. of the season, coming into the summer tests and warm ups and things like that. So I think it's enormous and let's just hope that Tom Bowler can just you know, it's gonna land good. I also really don't want Gatlin's career to end at Wales with him never having lost Scotland. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Wales have got that one loss and it's just when Rob Howley was I in know, charge. I which know. almost kinda Takes away from, it. Yeah. It does devalue it. <laughs> Nobody plays for Rob Hiley. 
I suppose the other other big talking point um, in the back line um, centre partnership, something that's changed an awful lot this tournament. Pete Horn at twelve, and quite surprisingly, I thought Nick Grigg held on at thirteen after a pretty average day at the office in Paris last week. What, why do you think Townsend stuck with Grigg? Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's a massive surprise that Horn shifts out to twelve. I think that was always no. going to happen. My my only argument would be that. Greg, to be fair to him against France, defended pretty well and is used to defending yep. in that 13 channel. And your only, only other option, I suppose, is maybe having Sam Johnson, who's not so used to that defending in that channel. Yeah. Not quite so quick, maybe, at defending the, the outside spaces. Jimmy Johnson? I just think it's... A step too far. I just think it's a big ass to chuck someone in, particularly when you've maybe got a slightly inexperienced backline yeah. as well. And, you've, you, and, and one where you've made a lot of changes. So... I, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I think Greg was pretty poor. And I, I think Townsend's probably said to him, like, this is a real chance to redeem yourself. And if you don't, then, you know, that might be it. That's not great analysis, but I want Greg to do well. Seems like a really nice yeah. guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Friend of the pod, Squigsy. I know. Yeah, and he- if, if he can, you know, replicate the form which he's obviously shown uh, for Glasgow and against Argentina in the summer. Yeah. Just needs, like, a, a bit of space, a bit of confidence. Just make, like, a kind of half break in the first... Quarter yeah. or something. Oh, I totally, mean, he, yeah. he is playing as John Davies, but <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, he's, he is like Jonathan a sort Davies of... getting in that outside channel and just like putting his hand on like Griggs' head and being like, absolutely oh. not. <laughs> God. Just sending like George North down the I've channel. Seen Jonathan Davies oh. just loves that outside 13 channel against Scotland. That is just like where yeah. he lives. But it's not even like he's like, got a quick outside break. I know. He just gets there though and he's yeah, got a great fend. Talking about. George North running at people, his opposite man, we Darcy Graham. I don't worry about it. Darcy Graham's been battering people all over Europe. Darcy Graham's also been tackling people who are like better and harder than George North. We chat about Sevilla. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I worry. He did he play against Nadola? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't. I don't. I don't worry about people running at him. I worry about Wales being like, "Wow, he's about five and a half foot." <laughs> George North, you're six and a half foot. Let's just kick it over there. Yeah. And Darcy Graham has been all right in the air, and I don't. Yeah. I don't take this yeah. away from him, but you know, kick the ball ten times. The person who's a foot taller is probably going to win more of those. It's a percentage it, game. He's also playing against. You know, if they put Liam Williams up to compete for that ball, oh, amazing. Liam Williams is unbelievable in the air. He's probably going to win that and it's, yeah, yeah it's not it's again i don't think it is like talking darcy graham down but he's he's sure he's a small yeah. guy yeah i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that anscombe has been told first play put up a bomb on darcy graham yeah and at that back we do exactly the same thing i'm a huge fan of darcy graham but i look across that back three tommy seymour very out of form has not been playing well in this six nations at all and i think lucky he, to start this game if i absolutely yeah had to be well, the maitland was fit yeah and Kinghorn is a fantastic player, and going forward, most meters made in the Six Nations so far, yeah. he has made a couple of errors under pressure, under high balls, and things like that. So I actually, as much as I like all three of the players individually for stuff they've done for club and country, it looks a little bit fragile. I think one of the good things about Kinghorn, though, in that France game was he made that mistake really early on where he sort of like dropped yeah, that ball. But actually, it was probably our most impressive back yes. in that game. Oh, so it didn't really mean... Don't really see, he's, he's got a bit of the Russell about him and a bit of the Hastings where I don't really feel like stuff like that impacts him yeah, that much. Yeah, he doesn't seem phased. No. Either by sort of the the stage he's on or, you know, making mistakes or being under pressure. Yeah. 
but I, but I know what you mean, and I think you know the the lack of experience, just even with like Price at nine as well, yeah, and then Horn and Greg, you know, I mean Horn's you know had almost fifty caps now, I suppose maybe fifty. It just looks a bit like a kind of I said this earlier like a kind of Glasgow team that a Glasgow backline yeah the full team that would like lose a quarterfinal to Munster <laughs> <laughs> well I guess talking about experience Grey 50 cap 50 caps yeah, yeah. 24 yeah. yeah it's three days before his 25th birthday I mean it's amazing he's, he's due a big performance but he is up against Alan Wynne-Jones We've talked about it a lot, and obviously, yes, his work rate is great. The thing, you compare him to Alan Wynne Jones, and I imagine every single game, Jonah Gray will make more tackles and will hit more rucks. Yeah. And I think 99% of people would choose Alan Wynne Jones over Johnny Gray. 100%. Because no, 100% of people would choose The that. tackles that Alan Wynne Jones makes and just his general sort of how he dictates the line out is the just line out. so important. Yeah. And it's the two aspects of Gray's game that are really missing. In terms of, he doesn't. He's never really managed. Never really been seen as a leader at the lineout. Yeah, it's hard to tell because he is. He's sort of like a quiet individual, isn't he? But I, I know what you mean in terms of like big, big lineout calls. Doesn't seem to be that he that he's the one that's yeah. going up and and really commanding it. I mean, it's one for another pod, but you always remember that he was made Glasgow captain and then was yeah. kind of was taken away from him when Rennie came in. Yeah, and given to. Or given, Wilson to, and given to Wilson. Cully. Yeah. There's 15 players that have had 50 caps before they're 25. Really? And I don't have all of them, but I do have some names that you might recognise. Should we guess a couple? Yeah, go on. North. Yep, North. Hogg. Yeah. Dan Carr? Not on this list I'm looking at. Uh, Halfpenny. Pocock. No. Wilkinson, Parise, Cullen, Gitto. Cullen. George Smith, Faletau, Etzebeth. There you go. That's the there's the two the two second rows are Johnny Gray and um, Ed and Asbeth. Need to remember the context though. Johnny Gray plays in Scotland. <laughs> I don't think Asbeth get in the team. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's room for an enormous aggressive um, second <laughs> row in the Scotland team. No. Absolutely not having it. Um, I suppose finish off by having a quick look at the bench. I was going to say, I mean, W P and L. Potentially yeah. Scotland's greatest ever winning player. Yeah, Sorry, no. is Scotland's he is, greatest? He is. He's one of the world's He's best back. ever. Better, better winning record than Brian O'Driscoll. He's back, yeah. baby. WPL. That, that's it. It's game over. It's <laughs> move win. on. It's a win. We're done. Speaking of props, Gordy Reid, straight from the championship onto the bench. We did break that news, didn't we? We broke that news that he was driving up. Did he have on his did, way? He, did he drive up? He drove up from London <laughs> to Edinburgh. Yeah, he drove. Spies him away. Sent me a selfie. Uh, what, 40 minutes against... What, was it Scottish? Yeah, it was Scottish. 40 minutes against London Scottish. Probably Straight gonna get, into Wales. Probably going to get 25 minutes against Wales. What do you think... What Because there, there hasn't been injuries. Do you think Townsend's just looking for more experience off the bench? I think it's scrummaging. Because we've, well. ta- we've talked about it, that when Gordy Reid plays... We are essentially in open play at 14 men. Well, yeah. I, because his ability to keep up with pace of play and even be where he's meant to be. Yeah. I mean, I even think back to, you know, that, that game against Wales when him and Welsh came in. Oh, God. And we were, like, kind of worried about the scrum. Actually, the scrum was... The scrum was fine. He was can scrum, fine. yeah. So maybe he's just in there to genuinely just 
hold up the scrum to for be, the last 20 minutes or something. To be fair, this is where our knowledge of props kind of comes down because Ferguson's not coming in because they've already got Nell and Bergen. Bergen yeah. Is Dell out? No, Dell's starting. starting. Dell's starting. <laughs> Dell is starting. <laughs> As we've, <laughs> as we've said, Dallas. Yeah, Gordon, Gordon Reed's uh, tight I'm kind of no, trying to think. Loose head, number one. I'm trying to think who else there, there literally is. Well, it was um, Alex Allen was on the bench. And Darcy Ray. Darcy and Darcy Ray has been on the bench. Um, yeah. And Batty as well. And Batty was, has been on the bench. So it is somebody who's... So it's not like... if I think if he was coming in the tight head... And you had Ferguson not in the squad and Bergen being knocked out. You could be like, what, yes. what the yeah. hell is going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. But it, If we were know, asking him to scrummage on the other side as well, I mean, yeah. that would be pretty mad. I mean, it would be pretty harsh. <laughs> but if you look... I like, know what you mean. Yeah. Reed, Allen, Ray, you're kind of like... Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really matter, right. I suppose, does it? Like, I yeah. suppose Reed's got the experience. Yeah. But I suppose you've got Fraser Brown, excellent off the bench. Probably won't get that much time, but he does give versatility as well. Um, Gordy Reed, as discussed, Bergen... Ben Toulouse, there's probably an argument that he could start. Interesting. Possibly, I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're going to say Sam, Sam, Sam Skinner, Skinner there, yeah. that I presume he's not fully fit or not yeah. considered match fit because he was back in the squad. Yeah, interesting to see if he will make it back for the England game, though. Yeah, it'd be good to have him because I, I definitely would have had him starting either in the row or maybe at six. Yeah. Yeah. Controversially, um, do you think McAnally's played well? I was speaking about this with my brother today, actually, and he was um, proposing... Fraser Brown to start because he doesn't think that McAnally's actually been that good. I think he's been relatively quiet and maybe it's just because he's been so good for Scotland, especially well, set the last... standards. Really yeah, well. I feel like he's struggled yeah. a little bit. I think if you're dropping Laidlaw as well, he is your natural second man to captain. I should know this, but who is captain? McAnally. It is Stuart is McAnally. It is yeah. McAnally, right, cool. And um, <laughs> Alan Dell starting. Dell starting. <laughs> so Dell starting. <laughs> this guy, John, have you heard of Johnny Gray, this guy? <laughs> Johnny Gray's playing as well, which is going to be good. Um, I don't know where we were. McAnally. McAnally played that well. McAnally's getting dropped and Scott Lawson to start. That's <laughs> Fine, good. <laughs> and then Hamish Watson, as discussed, he will come on and do a massive shift, you would think, for 25 minutes. Bring him on at halftime. I bring him on as soon as you can, personally. Well, you, you it spe- doesn't, I don't think it really depends on the, how the game's going. The thing is, if Bradbury and Watson are both short of match fitness, why don't you just yeah tell both of them yeah. just fucking smash it for 40, 40 minutes. minutes, like kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. Although you probably want someone just in case Strauss completely dies like 65 minutes in, and then you could, move Bradbury's number eight. I mean, it could happen. Could happen. Two less at six. Two less at six. Oh god. Fraser Brown, back well, row. Yeah, that exactly. would be Fraser Brown. Yeah, Rambo's easily got 80 in the tank if he's, yeah, uh, yeah. as long as he doesn't get injured. Yeah. Mm. And then Laidlaw, Hastings, and Byron McGuigan. Yeah, that's a bit left field. Had a good game for sale. A couple, I think he scored a couple of tries, or maybe one try. Well, it seems like they're now saying Russell can cover centre. Yes. If any centres go down, that's got to be mm. the move. Russell moves, to, oh, moves to 12, and Hastings goes in at 10. Imagine that. We're like... Already 20 points down, and then Pete Horn has to take a knee. Like, <laughs> Hastings on at 10, Russell at 12. Oh, I'd absolutely Wait, love it. also played in that game at Cardiff last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that he did. really bad. I really like... Hastings played at Cardiff at the end of last year and was really bad. Yeah. Price in... was really bad. In that <laughs> see, but, see where I'm going with this? But Hastings played very well when he came off the bench against France, and he looked... Pretty solid against uh, Zebra. 
at the weekend. So yeah, that's fair. It's extremely comparable. There's a, there's a real like. <laughs> it's exactly the same. It is exactly the same, <laughs> but there's a real like. I don't know. Say you want to change up the game, or you don't know. You just want to add the subs. It feels a bit weird bringing Laidlaw and Hastings on. Essentially, like yeah. diametric opposite in terms of everything they do and believe in. Believe in. Believe <laughs> yeah, I believe like in. Like the belief system. Yeah, their <laughs> values are so. Just... <laughs> oh God! Well, lots and lots to look forward to. Why don't we have a wee quiz and then we'll come back and do predictions right at the death. Yeah. All right. Over to Alan with the quiz. Let's go. Well, so. I originally pulled this together when I thought we were getting Nick DeLuca on, but I guess that increasingly looks like it's not going to happen. He Don't hasn't, mentioned that. hasn't texted us back for a wee while, so oh, no. we'll see. I, um, I spent a period of time today looking at every single game Scotland have played this decade. God. It's a real sort of like real dark start, and then like a couple of like peaks yeah. of light, and then just like a gradual climb back up the hill sort of in the last few years. There's so many metaphors in that sentence. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <laughs> so to kick things off, how many teams have Scotland played this decade? Can International we... teams. Oh, it's just too hard and I don't know. And, and name rubbish. me the team we've played most. Um, okay, I'm going to go for... So should we just part? Should I just tell you how many teams we've played and then you can go for the yeah. top? Yeah, go on. We've played 17 separate teams. I was going to guess 15. Is that it? So... And we've played 105 games. What's the team we've played the most? And what is the team we have played the most? Um, um, can I go with my guess? Yeah. Italy. Dave? I'm going to say Wales, but I don't think we've played them in a World Cup. Um, England? Italy is correct. Ah. Yeah, these are. Because uh, well, we had a couple of summers. We had a couple of like, warm up games. We played them in the summers, summer yeah. in that like, one World Cup. Uh, yeah, we played them in that quad tournament oh, yeah, yeah. and yeah, in Singapore in 2017. Yeah. So Italy number one on 15. And then it's actually all the Six Nations. So it was like Ireland, France, and then England and Wales. Who is the top Southern Hemisphere side that we've played? South Africa. Australia. Both incorrect. Australia six times, South Africa seven times, and Argentina oh. eight times. Oh. They're barely Southern Hemisphere. I mean... <laughs> they're quite literally They're quite literally <laughs> in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> they're, like, they're like Spain. <laughs> um, and actually played Samoa more times than New Zealand. Interestingly. Yeah. That seems sensible. That, that seems like a good policy. Um... How do we look at all the centres who okay. have played? There is two centres who are our most capped centres of this decade with the same amount, both with 30 caps. 30 caps. Who are your two most capped centres? Dave, you can, I hope you pick one. Um, how about I pick one? Should I just pick one? You just pick one. Um, oh, I'm really struggling for some reason. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I'm just gonna check a name out. Almost friend of the pod, Nick Deluca. 
No. He was 44 caps, though. He was. But he played a few on the wing, didn't he? <laughs> and he played quite a few sort of back Before, end. Yeah. Only a decade, eh? Uh, Dunbar. Dunbar is correct. He has got 30 caps this decade. 20 at 12 and 10 at 13. Right. And who is your second? I'm going to say Pete Horn. I was going to say Pete Horn. Pete Horn is on 16. Only on 16? Which now I How's say... How's that possible? Now I say it, seems a little bit low. Because he presumably made his debut in this decade. Are you sure, Alan? I'm going to see if we can edit this bit out, but it's quite good. It's actually. quite good to... Pete Horn played 37 <laughs> times. He played 37 times for Scotland. Starting. Starting. Starting centres uh, for Scotland. Okay. Pete Horn has started for Scotland 16 times in the centres. He started for Scotland three times at, at 10, 10. At 10. And he's lost all three, I think. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, and then he has come off the bench 18 times for so Scotland. So somebody has started for Scotland 30 times in Correct. the centres. Um, well, how about we change up? There has been seventeen players who have played centre for Scotland it, this yeah. decade. Okay, one is Deluca, one is Pete Horn, and then one is Dunbar. Finn Russell. Finn Russell is correct. One cap at centre. Are we just going one for one here? We're going for one for one. Um, Lamon. Shalmont is correct. Seventeen. Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones is correct. 20 caps. Greg. Greg's correct. He's got five. Matt Scott. Matt Scott is correct. And our equal top oh, starter is he? Ah. on 30. Ah, God, I uh, forgot about the big run he had. Bennett. Bennett is oh, correct. That's a great show. 16. Well, I've definitely now forgotten all rugby players. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that's ever played rugby. I mean, rugby why don't you just think about who started this Six Nations? Could do that. Good start. God, why have I gone so... Oh, <laughs> Chris Harris. Not that person. Chris there. Harris is correct. <laughs> I know he's correct, but he's not the person. Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson oh, is also correct. This is why I get such brain freeze in these Richie games. Vernon. Oh, are you, are you just diving in yeah, there? Yeah, I'm bored of... The, Dave's saying... Dave. Richie Vernon, you've got five left. Um, Big old names floating around. Ansborough. Ansborough's correct. Oh, nice. Friend of the pod. Early days. Evans. Evans, correct. Three more. Uh, I'm going to give you a clue. Uh, one retired, one injured, one playing. Uh, Dave, you've got a look in your face. It's almost like, looks like you're like fake, like acting, thinking. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I should know. They just don't come to me readily. There's one missing that's like probably your favourite current Scottish player. No, that's just putting me on the spot, isn't it? Who's injured? I mean, you're literally going to be kicking yourself. Gavin Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> is, it big, is it Big Gav? <laughs> I, I, I can't think who you're talking about. It's, it's late. It's almost 10 o'clock, Alan. Yeah. Duncan well, Taylor. Oh, right. <laughs> That's 
not that obvious, to be fair. I do love Duncan Taylor. You do love do Duncan love Taylor. Taylor. Who, who are the other two, then? Uh, two, one three. of Glasgow's most capped players. Morrison. Morrison is uh. correct. And the other player, currently playing for an English premiership side, has one cap in the centres for Scotland on the most recent summer tour, where I think against either Canada or the US, he started at 12. And oh, James Harris. Lang. James, James Lang, Lang is course. correct. There you're 17. Wow. The cent- the great centres of Scotland. <laughs> They're a real struggle to name. <laughs> that was really tough. <laughs> I think it's 10 o'clock, lads. Yeah. I think we need to go to bed and go to work. I think you're right. I've actually got a guy in... Um, I've got working from home in the morning. Guy bringing a new a nest like version four. Nice mate. Currently what? rocking the version one. Yeah. And it just, without me doing anything, just puts our heat up by like four degrees in the middle of the night, and I sort of wake up sweating quite a lot. That's also to do with the weight. But <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy that. I think, I think you can tell it's ten o'clock. What the hell? What the hell are you talking about? Anyone who's still listening, should we just do some quick predictions? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Matt, you're going to the game. What's going to happen? I think I'm going to have a lovely time. I'm going to go to the Malone's bar. Let's give a shout out to Malone's. Um, in association with the cabs, which would be really fun, on Gustafson Road. On the way, I'm going to go to the Roseburn afterwards. You know, I'm going to have a nice rest of my day. And then I think the 80 minutes in between, I think we're going to lose by 15. And I don't think we're going to be in it much. And I think we're going to score less than 10. This can be one of those days where we're never in it. Alan, give me some positivity. Come on. Scotland to win by two. Scotland to win by two? That would be so good. I feel like... Scotland win by two, I will, despite my plans, go to Fingers and buy every Thistle fan there a blue WKD. I like how you don't give a time frame, though. You're like, just going to rock in at seven. You're like, any Thistle fans around here? No, that's fine. One for me. Well, as soon as the wind gets in, all the Thistle lads will go straight there. They'll yeah. be yeah. around the door at yeah. Fingers, waiting for the And team. I have been recognised in Fingers before, so this isn't all a sort right. of outlandish... All right. what an asshole. Wait, you were there, too. Recognised in the toilets. <laughs> well, you do hang around in toilets of bars quite a lot, don't you? Oh, very good. Thank you very much. Right, um, two-point win to Scotland. I... I I always think with Wales, and I think I always underestimate Wales, but it feels like, you know, all these players play against these guys week in, week out. Glasgow and Edinburgh have a very good record against the Welsh side, both in the Pro 14 and in in the kind of Champions Cup. And whilst I think, you know, there is a couple of, like, big step-ups, I feel like Scotland at home, Russell back, I think... Seymour and Gray going to step up with some big performances on their 50th cap. You know the difference between the Pro 14 and the Champions Cup and the internationals? What is it? Gallant. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I mean, I, I think your thesis is very good that Edinburgh and Glasgow win well against Welsh teams, but we lose against Wales all the time. Yes, I know. So and I, and that I is like the one... So it's not the, fa- the fatal flaw of that is that it does not translate into internationals. <laughs> consistently for the last 20 years oh what do you think Dave? I think uh, Scotland are going to lose um, by 5 to 10 I think it will be fairly abject actually I, I think we'll try and get it going but I think Wales have our number unfortunately and I think that's there's nothing in point. that there's nothing in this team that makes me think that that's going to change so 
It's a fun, fun weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's it. Thanks a lot for coming along. Keep. Uh, we'll be on the Twitter on uh, doing our match day reporting, such as it is, at Thistle Rugby Pod, and we'll be back next week, drowning or our sorrows or celebrating. Um, and we'll chat to you then. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.